good morning. It's good to be with you. I, I never know what will happen uh, when the elementary school kids are in worship and I'm preaching. Um, it's a little unpredictable, so we'll see. Hello to Pastor Erica and Ren and Carlo and everyone else that's a YouTube or Facebook person this morning. Um, hello, podcast folk in the future. Happy anniversary to my parents today on their 46th anniversary. Yeah. Oh, they won't watch. It's okay. It's okay. Um, and this concludes the Oscar acceptance portion of my sermon. <laughs> We're going to have a somewhat participatory second lesson this morning, but we need to work out some kinks. So first, I'm going to say to your microphones, people. Um, and I better, figured we better test out. That's you. That's you. Uh, we will test this out with just a joke between Dave and I, uh, and then everyone will, be, will get there and they'll be ready. This joke was told to me recently by my fourth grade son, Ethan. So are you ready to test this out? Okay. We'll take the Pastor One mic. Just a double yeah, check. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right, great. Um, oh, Brenda, you're going to be at the uh, lectern. Just, yeah, sorry. Um, She's trying to solo. I know, it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> Uh, so, Dave, why did the chicken cross the road? Why, Steve? Well, to get to the moron's house. I know that's confusing, but knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> the chicken. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ethan. The check is in the mail. <laughs> now, even after that rude joke, in this next reading, I will be playing the part of Jesus. <laughs> Not for any great reason, except I'm the one doing the preaching, and I gave myself more lines, so it makes sense. But our second lesson this morning continues our series, of course, the I Am Statements of Jesus. And it's from John 13, 33 through 14, 11. So listen now for God's word to you. Little children, I'm, I'm with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jewish religious leaders, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Lord, where are you going? Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterwards. Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Will you lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the cock crows, you will have denied me three times. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I will take you to myself, so that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Lord, we don't know where you're going. Will you show us the way? I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. 
Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. But the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God. To paraphrase Ted Lasso, congratulations, you've all just read a cool Bible passage. That's nice. Thank you all. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks today that you bring us into this place to worship you, to be together, to be refreshed. Use these words for something good. We trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in our scripture this morning, Jesus is preparing his disciples for his death and departure. Now it's very different from the Elijah and Elisha passage that Brenda read for us. But both are about a miracle-working teacher leaving behind his student or students. Now, Elijah's student, Elisha, really doesn't want to talk about it, right? Everybody be silent. But Jesus' disciples can't help but ask questions. Probably because they don't know he's going, but that's okay. As I was thinking about these goodbyes, I was reminded of the closing scene of a true cinematic masterpiece, the live-action Masters of the Universe film from 1987, starring Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. <laughs> it just, you know, there are better pictures, but they're not safe for church. Uh, a true surprise in my research was that Courtney Cox of Friends was in this movie, too. And if you can call it that, it was kind of her big break. There she is. And that's how the sermon got its name. Because when everyone says goodbye, or farewell, in this movie, they say this corny line that I still quote when we say goodbye to our now college freshmen after seven years together in in youth group. They say at the end of this movie, and when we say goodbye to our freshmen, we don't say goodbye. We say, good journey. And I know that's corny, and if you watch it, the, the scene on YouTube, it's, it's really corny. But I do like to think that Jesus is preparing his disciples for a good journey, even as he says goodbye. They're all gathered for one last night together. And just before our reading began, Jesus has sent Judas Iscariot off and says, do what you got to do. And once he's gone, Jesus gives the rest of the disciples a command to love one another. But they get confused. They start asking their questions. And those lead Jesus to the I am statement for the day. I am the way and the truth and the life. Even Jesus' best friends have questions to challenge him. And I'm guessing we might have a few for him as well. But out of respect for the series that we're in, Here's my question. I think it's a pretty obvious one, but that's okay. What does Jesus mean when he says he's the way, the truth, and the life? Many of you have answered this question for yourselves. 
But some of us have got to still be wondering. Here's one person's take in one week's reflection. Maybe something will speak to you this morning. But I must switch it up a little bit and start with the truth. How is Jesus the truth? Well, even in a church, things can become uncomfortable when we start making truth claims. There's a real exclusivity to the line, no one comes to the Father except through me. But what about my friends of other faiths? What about our neighbors? I can hear students asking over the last 20 years. That line still stands out, even in 2023, for its exclusiveness. And I've never met a Bible thumper who didn't love that particular verse. But notice what Jesus says to Philip in verse 9. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's the truth that I want to highlight and claim and sing from the rafters, because if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. Jesus who eats with sinners and Sadducees, disciples and dimwits. Jesus who goes to people who aren't his own, heals women and children, includes betrayers in his merry band. Jesus who grills fish and multiplies loaves and transforms bathtubs full of water into wine. That guy. If you've seen him, you've seen the Father. True God from true God, the Son and the Father have the same character. God is not as narrow-minded as we think and not as narrow-minded as we are. Jesus reveals and embodies that truth. In John chapter 8, same gospel, a few chapters earlier, Jesus says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. That Jesus shows the true character of the Father is a pretty freeing truth to me. We don't have to be afraid of God. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe that Jesus reveals the true Father. That's how he's the truth. How is he the way? Well, when you think of a way, you might think of a compass or a map. You might think of a road or a path, and that makes sense. But how, how does he do it? Recently, my wife, uh, Jane, took me on a short date for a couple's massage. And I admit, I had never received a professional massage before, and with anything that's new to me, I made idiot choices. The chicken was knocking at my door as well. And I signed up, you know, they asked you, what did you want? I don't know. So I signed up for a deep tissue massage (laughs) (laughs) of the Swedish variety, it seemed. And and I told the masseuse that strong pressure was great. (laughs) Yeah, I had no idea what strong pressure meant. And I'm told by Jane that there was much grunting. So halfway through this massage, there's, there's, there's like a merciful pause in what's happening, but my masseuse climbs up onto the table and starts walking over my back and my legs and, well, kids, my butt. And it was painful. It was so painful. Uh, and I didn't know feet could trod so heavily. 
it made me certain of one thing. This is not what Jesus meant when he said he was the way. We are not meant to trudge on his backside as if he were a road. Yeah, yeah, I knew you knew that, but the lit more literal reader might just wonder. So let's get back to Thomas. Thomas makes an interesting case. He tells Jesus, we don't even know where you're going. How are we supposed to know the way? Jesus never tells them where he's going. If you're familiar with this passage, you might automatically read this as, oh, he's, he's going to heaven, but he doesn't say that. We often use it for memorials because it is comforting that he goes ahead of us to prepare a place for us, but we miss the ambiguity in the conversation. He says, my father's house has many rooms, but the only other time he talks about his father's house in John's gospel, he's talking about the temple. Now, he could mean heaven. He probably does, and, and, but he also probably means more. And it's, I think, deliberately vague because the destination is not for us to know. We don't get to plug an end-to-end, point-to-point directions and get them from our phones. We don't get to know the destination. So I, I can't... I can't talk about how Jesus is the way <laughs> without appealing to other metaphors. Just like Lauren, Jesus is the way, he's a map. Well, imagine, if you will, that life is a big old dance floor. Have you ever been out on a dance floor and the music's good and all of a sudden your friends get tired and the song changes and then you're just left out there? So lonely. I didn't know we were done, but we're done. But there's someone who will dance with you, arm in arm, back and forth across that dance floor when the bass drums are pumping and when the piano ballads really slow things down. And I'm talking about Jesus, of course. Now, I, I know this is a weird picture because <laughs> when you type Jesus leading someone on the dance floor into OpenAI's Dolly 2, and it gives you four options. This is the best one it gave me this week. <laughs> so, yes, all of our faces are green, but that's fine. He takes us by the arm, swings us around, holds on tight, flings us out there and spins us back, and just, you know, sometimes boogies as necessary. We want to think that Stairway to Heaven is always the last song, and it is a good one, but we don't get to know what the last song will be. Jesus is our dance partner. He's our way to God, but he also is God. And that dance floor of life is way bigger than we think. He's the way because he's with us all the way. Partnering with him, trusting him to lead us on the dance floor, that's the way through this life and the way into a different kind of life. Oh, yeah. Jesus said he was life, too. There's a lot of metaphors this morning. So how is he the life? Well, at the beginning of the month, you may remember Pastor Erica preaching on the bread of life. That's what Jesus said. And on Easter, spoiler alert, Dave will, Pastor Dave will preach on Jesus saying, I am the resurrection and the life. He talks about life a lot. 
But he's not talking about biological life or the ecosystem. That's important, but it's not what he's talking about. The, the Greek word for life in these instances is, is zoe, and if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. But zoe is the kind of life that he's talking about. C.S. Lewis, in Mere Christianity, calls zoe the spiritual life which is in God from all eternity and which made the whole natural universe. I'll let Professor Lewis say a bit more. He writes, we have not got, zo we have not got zoe or spiritual life, only bios and biological life, which is presently going to run down and die. Now, the whole offer which Christianity makes is this, that we can, if we let God have his way, come to share in the life of Christ. We let our dance partner lead, and he'll bring us into his own life, a life that doesn't die. Jesus says, I came that they might have zoe and have it abundantly. You might know that verse. The key word there for me is they, that they might have life. We are the they. The Zoe life is not an individual thing. It's a community thing. I give you a new command that you love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We can live this Zoe life that Jesus offers when we live it together. Now, I will admit to being especially biased, but that Zoe life is most tangible and evident on our mission trips and our service projects, our retreats, when we can get outside of our own heads, our own fears, our own concerns, and live life in a rhythm of service and love and worship. Maybe you were thinking about coming to the All Church Mexico info session after church. There's abundant life to be had, and a slight schedule change. Mexico will be meeting in the youth center. Okay, confusing, I know. But maybe you're thinking about going to that Lenten reflection time with Pastor Paul, because I have not said enough. There's so much more in this passage, and there's so much more in all of the other passages. And there is lots of Zoe life to be had there, too. And change of schedule, they will be meeting in the fireside room. Ooh, I know. Sermon announcement time. Exciting. You may not have time to do both, but let the Lord lead you in the dance to where you should go. You know, it's not like I think life together is exactly the Zoe life that Jesus claims to be, states that he is. But it's a way we can tap into that spirit-giving, creative, loving life. And if we're loving each other in community, everyone will know we're his disciples, which we hope then brings people to Jesus to dance with him. Because Jesus left behind his closest friends so they would continue the work of sharing God's love in the world, living it out in community. And that is the work that we are still invited to and called to today. I know that some of us are hurting. Some of us are scared. Some of us are worried about our kids. Some of us are out of work. Some of us are grieving. So sharing God's love with the world is like a really big ask. 
challenging. I understand. But look around you. These are your people. We will carry that load for the moment. How can we love you and bring that Zoe life to you? Some of us may just feel a little lost or disconnected or discombobulated. Well, if you feel like you can't catch the steps, you can't catch the rhythm, look around and watch how others dance. Not literally, because that could be embarrassing. Uh, but watch the way Renee serves and the way Dave Rader looks you in the eye and listens, the way Falake advocates and the way Peggy laughs, the way Mike encourages and the way Carlo, even when he's sick at home, still has to do everything. The way they do these things is in Christ, through Christ. Look for them out on the dance floor. Follow their steps if you're feeling lost. You know, some of us, like the disciples, just still have a lot of questions. Wrestling with God, wrestling with faith, trying to make things make sense in this crazy world, and I am still one of you, even after all this time. Just like the disciples, we are never going to get a really straight answer out of Jesus. Except that if you've encountered him a little, seen him a little, understood a little, then you've also seen God. God is not angry. God created everything and called it good. God loves us. God loves this world. And that's the truth, friends. So how is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life? Well, by being God beside us and God for us and God with us. I hope that was some good news for you today. Amen.